Hey everyone, thank you for taking the time to join in with Uncommon Women Podcast, a dope podcast to bring light to reality from real life people sharing real life stories with a host of women having real life talk, the good and the bad with no judgment. Uncommon Women's Loyalty is here to support those that need a safe space to speak their truth and rawness to the world. Tune in. Relax, take notes, and let's vibe. Here are your hosts, Uncommon Women. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we are Uncommon Women. I am Jenny Lee. And I'm Shanira. And we have an amazing guest speaker, and um, her name is Monica Martin. She is an alignment coach and soul therapist from overcoming trauma from her childhood to being free, healthy, and happier. She now helps others and trying to find their purpose and to overcome their dark night of the soul so they can live a purposeful, driven life. Hey, Monica, how you doing? Hello, ladies. <laughs> I am good. How are you? I'm great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's nice to be here with you. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on our platform today. My pleasure. Oh, it, is, it is great. And I'm excited to hear your story and what you're doing for others now. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do? So like you said, I'm an alignment coach and soul therapist. I help people overcome a dark night of the soul, basically by helping them find themselves and their happiness and, and also manage stress. Okay. Because I think, you know, like most people, when they go through um, this phase in their lives where they, you know, they literally awaken to themselves you know, mm. it creates a lot of stress mm -hmm. and a lot of anxiety as well. Mm. So I help them overcome that so they can then, you know, activate their purpose and, you know, create a life that they enjoy and love. Hmm. That sounds really great. So um, let's go back. To, uh, let's go back to your childhood and how uh, and what made you come into uh, and what you're doing for others now. Can you give us a little bit of uh, a little bit of your childhood and let us know how how that came about into your life? Of course. So I'm going to try to keep it short because that's <laughs> quite a long story. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I was born and raised in France. Um, and I grew up in a very toxic uh, and abusive environment. Um Basically, my parents had a very chaotic relationship, which was toxic and abusive. Uh, and they had, you know, and their parents also had, you know, this kind of drama going on in their lives and within mm. their relationships. So I think my parents didn't have a lot of awareness and they were not really conscious of the way they were behaving because for them, it was normal. It was normal. My, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But my sisters and I, we grew up in a very, like, there was um, domestic violence. Um, you know, there was physical, verbal, emotional, psychological abuse. And um, early on, I started to have a lot of anxiety. It was mm -hmm. a child that was quite anxious. Mm -hmm. But I would always, you know, um, I would always hide it mm. uh, in front of other people. 
Okay. I didn't know what it was like to feel safe because at home it was always very chaotic. So, you know, sometimes, you know, for, you know, like maybe for a few hours it could be calm and then all of a sudden it would be, um, you know, you would have, you know, my parents fighting and screaming and um, being verbally and physically abusive towards each other. So you were basically walking on eggshells. Uh-huh. And so early on, I started to develop anxiety and also physical symptoms, such as I always had tummy aches. Like I always had tummy aches. Mm, Okay. And when I became a teenager, I started to have very bad panic attacks that would wake me up in the middle of the night. You know, I was slipping and I would be woken up because my body was having a panic attack. Um, wow. so you just wake up, you know, and you're still kind of confused and right. your throat is so tight. You feel like you cannot breathe and your heart is racing and, you know, you feel like you're going to die literally. Wow. So, um, you know, that was really something, uh, and I would go to doctors, uh, cause at the time I was, I think I was about 16, 17 years old when I started to have panic attacks. So I was still a minor. Okay. And mm. I went to, uh, you know, I went to my family doctor and they would just say, you know, it was stress. And, but, you know, at the time doctors would just tell me it's stress and no one would actually want to look further. Because um, of your age, probably. <laughs> Do you think it was because of your age being 16? Well, being a teenager, you're just stressed out. I think because, um, because unfortunately, even now, a lot of doctors are not trauma informed mm-hmm. and they are not able to actually recognize a child or an adult who is suffering from, um, you know, PTSD or complex PTSD or even abuse. Because, first of all, we hide it, but the symptoms speak for themselves. Yeah. Right. I used to be a kid that was, I would talk really really fast uh which showed at the time that i already had a dysregulated nervous system because i was chronically stressed Uh, so you know i used to go to my family doctor and in my early 20s i started to um i started to go to different kind of healers because Mm -hmm. i was like okay so it seems like like the regular doctors cannot help me i really don't know what to do i really don't know you know And so I tried, you know, I knew I was working at the time, this company and one of the bosses, he knew this healer and he was like, okay, you know, like this is his address and and go there. And so I started to go to healers. And the thing is that um, they were never able to heal, um, to heal me. You know, I would go for one session, another session and always another session. So I I actually spent a lot of time and a lot of money. Um trying to heal all my different kind of symptoms. And it was only until I had, I reached burned out uh, in July, 2021, that okay. I was actually able to really heal myself. Wow. And the thing that really helped me heal was to really acknowledge my childhood trauma. Because mm. I remember when I left my parents' home, I consciously told myself that, this chapter of my life was over and I didn't want to hear about it anymore. And I didn't want, I didn't want to be defined by what had happened to me. I didn't want to be, um, 
I guess I just didn't want people to look at me in a certain way. So I yeah. never really talked about it. Yeah. And also I was like, you know, this thing that happened to me, like that's not going to impact me. Yeah. But that's the worst thing that I did for, to myself because it really um, made my healing journey way longer. Mm. So I reached burnout in 2021 and I actually reached burnout because in March 2020, during the first lockdown here in Europe, I started to have, so I used to have, you know, tons of different kinds of symptoms um, yeah. for many, many years. But can, you, the- can you, can you kind of iterate um, a little bit of those symptoms for the audience? Yes. Because sometimes they can just be like, oh, like you said, you had a tummy ache, that it could just be a yeah. headache. Um, and you, like you said, they can be very chronic, but they're not sure what they are. Yeah. Can you um, kind of iterate and just give us some examples? So I had the typical uh, symptoms of anxiety, uh, which was, uh, you know, mus- uh, I had muscle pain. Okay. I Obviously, I have digestive issues. I had, um, I don't know if I had too much or too little acid in the stomach, but that okay. was, I mean, I had for about about 12 years wow. or more, I had like issues with my stomach. Wow. That can probably be so bothersome, like every yeah, single day. You know, I had like, the, I guess you call that heartburns or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I had that almost all the time. And, you know, I had, um, I took, you know, like, I think it was, you know, like omeprazole or something like that. Um, a prescription drug to help okay. um, to help kind of like block the acid because the problem with doctors is that they think there is too much but sometimes there's too little and yeah. the effects are the same but so I was taking that and it wasn't working um, so I had very bad um, stomach issues for over a decade I also had wow. insomnia ever since I was a kid I had a hard time sleeping Uh, and insomnia was pretty bad. Sometimes I could, you know, I would just fall asleep. I didn't have a problem falling asleep. It was more about, um, waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to fall back asleep. So I could wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, just not sleep, be awake for like three or four hours and then falling back asleep. But then, you know, my alarm would ring and I would have to get up and go to work. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had really bad insomnia. I also had this thing like I was not able to rest. Mm, okay. uh, if I wanted to relax, for example, I could always feel some sort of like uh, activation within me. Hmm. Uh, also, uh, I had phobias. Um, like I said, I had panic attacks. Then, you know, they would just happen in the middle of the night. I didn't have panic attacks, you know, like, for example, if I had to go out somewhere because a lot of people have panic attacks, uh, when they have to go out. Yeah. Actually me, when I was around people that kind of made me feel safer. And Mm, there was a time about three to four years ago, I was going through a phase where I, I had a very bad phobia and, uh, I would have like five panic attacks during the day. That was actually the first period of my life where I actually had panic attacks, uh, in during the day. And so I remember when I would be at work, I would have a panic attack and, I thought I was going to die, 
But at the same time, the fact that there were people around me, I was like, okay, I have mm -hmm. to keep myself in check because I'm not going to literally like have a meltdown in front of yeah. these people. And um, so that's really weird because that's when I realized that there are different parts in the brain that work in a different way. Because I had mm, this part of my brain that was, you know, like really anxious, like crazily anxious and going through a panic attack. But there was also another part of my brain that I was able to keep um, myself sane, at least looking from the outside. So basically people would look at me, I guess, and they would see me norm actually not being super well, but yeah. normal And, but inside I was literally feeling like I was dying. Like, mm -hmm. and, and so this, this really interesting how the brain works. Um, so I had that and, and I had chronic pain. I had pain, you know, like I had different kind of pain and people didn't know, like anxiety will show up in so many different ways. And mm -hmm. like all anxiety is due to a dysregulated nervous system. Hmm. So And especially when you have anxiety and you have no, and your life is going well and you're like, I have no clue, you know, why I'm feeling anxious. It's right. probably because there's still something stored in your nervous system from, you know, uh, something that happened to you like in your childhood or when you were a teenager. There's still something that sh that hasn't been healed and processed. Hmm. Wow. And at what point? when you were trying to get help uh, from the doctors and yes. did you ever feel frustrated, you know, with them because they couldn't, they were I telling was you something so was really effing frustrated. They weren't telling you anything and you're trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Right. The problem is that um, I think you know, like general doctors, family doctors, and even psychiatrists are not really trauma informed. They don't know how to heal the trauma. Mm. They help you cope with it by giving you pills and drugs but mm -hmm. they don't know how to help you heal. Yeah. And yes, I was extremely frustrated. Uh, that's why at some point I went and, and to see like different kind of healers. Um, I, I also went to, uh, I also did alternative uh, therapies like acupuncture right. uh, and things like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, ever since you, I mean, ever since you're a child, you're told that doctors are here to help you and to help yeah. To help you with your health and i feel that i got no help no at help. all mm -hmm. you know i got no help at all because i think that they were you know it it wasn't like a you know life or death kind of situation yeah so as long as you're alive it doesn't matter if you're not thriving it, it doesn't matter if um you are not feeling healthy if the lab doesn't show anything yeah then you know, whatever. And it was my personal experience um, in France and in Switzerland as well, because now I've been living in Switzerland for about nine years now. But I know that other people around the world have the very same experience, not mm -hmm. being heard, not being seen. Uh, right. You know, doctors not wanting to go to the root cause issue of their problems. It's really hard. And Honestly, it's really, really hard. And I think that you really have to be a fighter mm -hmm. and an advocate for yourself yeah. uh, and your health to um, to really find true healing. Did anyone think that you were just maybe going crazy? 
you know, because you would think that they're like telling you there's nothing wrong by with the you. testing. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, everything else looks normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that makes actually think about something. It was, I think it was in 2020, uh, in 2012, I um, had some, I had symptoms um, that were like my sugar level was dropping. Okay. All of a sudden. And uh, I remember once, um, like, there was no one. Like, uh, my boyfriend was away and I was alone. And uh, I was started to feel really unwell and very dizzy. And uh, so I called I called an ambulance, actually. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, they took me to the hospital. And um, I was, um, and there's uh, a doctor, a female doctor that, um that I got to see and, right. you know, she checked my vitals and everything. And, um, and I remember my boyfriend came, pick me up. Uh, and when I left, I remember her saying, oh, well, she should just, you know, she, I'm sure she just, uh, you know, she, she starves herself since she doesn't eat. And, um, and she thought that I had this, um, like this, um, I was like an eating well disorder or something because wow. I had an eating disorder, which okay. I, I, I didn't have actually, it was a period of my life where I had to eat almost all the time because I have, I would have those feelings like my blood level was dropping and I would feel right. very decent wow. and well, but it wasn't my blood level dropping. It wasn't that, but they didn't look any further. And, you know, she just said something, oh, well, she probably has an eating disorder and she doesn't want to eat or something. When yeah. she never asked me about wow. my eating she habits. Just has, so basically, she just assumed. She just assumed. Like, she just checked my vitals and um, I was telling her, you know, that I was feeling unwell and I didn't know where it was coming from. And she never asked if I was eating or like, what were my no, eating habits? Wow. And <laughs> nothing. And, you know, and, and then she let me go and I heard her say that and I was like what the F like <laughs> and, right you know that's terrible that's so, a terrible thing to yeah, just assume that about someone so many without even assume. doing anything yeah, yeah. Oh and God, not doing protocol because that's what that's typically what it would lead to how are you eating you know mm-hmm. what your daily eating habits are nothing she, she didn't ask me about anything related to food at all wow and and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of doctors actually assume things just because your vitals are good doesn't mean that you are healthy or well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. I definitely believe that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when you said um, during the first lockdown, um, you had yeah. said earlier, um, you said that's when you started to realize, was was it to the point where you're just like, I got to do something with this and need this to go away. So during the first lockdown, I started to have chronic pain. And I mean, chronic, it was every day, all day, like muscle pain. And I was extremely tired. I was exhausted. And I didn't know what I had. And um, I think, yeah, I was working from home at the time. And at some point, I started to feel kind of better. I had more energy. But the the, the the muscle pain was still there. And then we went back to uh, work. Uh, I think it was about two months later or something. It was in May, actually. And when we went back to work, um, the, 
there was so much stress because there were new regulations and there were new ways to behave and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was um, I was dealing with with clients at the time. And so um, it was very difficult. And we were also changing a lot of things within the company. So again, there was new product, there were new protocols and everything. And um, some people started to leave and they were not replaced. Um, we were like the whole team was overwhelmed with the right. whole thing. And we mm-hmm. had a new manager that wasn't managing anything and was not supporting us either. Mm. Um, so the, the work environment started to become um, quite bad okay. and no one was helping us. And uh, they would change our schedule, you know, like one day from another. Um, okay. Despite me having said that I have, you know, like I, at the time I was doing, uh, no, I wasn't doing a puncture at the time, but I had to see someone for my muscle pain. I was, okay. I had to see a therapist. So I think I would go at one once every fortnight so i had you know different kind of appointments and i couldn't change my schedule like this all of a sudden and um and so it was really bad because i was dealing with a lot of um, a lot of pain and going back to work i was also started to get it really really exhausted and with the whole environment at some point it started to be too much because I went to HR and complained and then they started to make up stories about me and my work. And I was like, okay, so now they want to fire me. (laughs) Now they want to fire me. And, and I was still fighting. I was still fighting, you know, for, for, and for me and for the team and, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is not okay. And we need to change that. And here are things that we could be doing and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and at some point in July, I remember I went to work and my manager which um, we were not in good terms at the time um, because, you know, I had told her, look, like she's not doing her job. She wasn't doing her job and all the right. team was noticing that. And yeah. and so, and she just said, hi, and how are you? And I was like, what a hypocrite. Like, <laughs> what a hypocrite. Like, and this is something that I don't like. It's something that just, I just don't like it. And I remember I was like, what the f and i don't know like it was like 30 minutes later or something i i just couldn't take it anymore like the whole environment my own mm. health situation and everything everything became too much i was also single i didn't have i was obviously estranged from my family i was had been living in Switzerland for many years but i mean it's kind of hard to make friends here uh, so I was quite isolated. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have the support and I was really unwell. And my work situation was, <laughs> was Adding really on good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And like it was in July and I think it was the 9th of July or something. And, and, I, and I felt my mind literally break. Mm. Like my body had had a hard time keeping up for, you know, a long time now. And I always wondered what it would take me to actually, you know, like literally like break down. Mm-hmm. And that work situation was really the last drop. Wow. And so uh, I, so I literally burned out. Um, and it was during the summer. So they were, um, you know, so it was during the summer holidays uh, here in Switzerland. And I actually got to see a psychiatrist. Um, in late September. Okay. So wow. there was about two months and a half 
During that time, I was super tired, obviously, but I was determined to get better. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I did it because I had just got two puppies that were also really sick. Um, So I had burnout. I had my two puppies. Uh, I mean, it was a, and they were very sick and I had to take care of them and it was a really bad situation. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I made it. I don't know how I made it, but I did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and during that time as well, I, I was really determined. I was feeling honestly like I was feeling like I just don't even know how to explain that. Like when your mind literally literally breaks, I couldn't even explain how it feels like. But what I know is that I was determined to feel better. So I started to do research uh, online. I was like, okay, I haven't been on this healing journey for about 20 years. Why the hell am I going through burnout now? Right. Why the hell do yes. I have this chronic pain? and the symptoms and everything uh-huh. and um that's when i that's when i um during my research i was able to um connect the dots and realize that my childhood trauma had completely dysregulated my nervous system and wow. that was why i had been having all these symptoms for over you know about 30 years wow, wow. and um and so i was like okay I need to heal my nervous system. And uh, so I started to do acupuncture. Um, I also started to do shiatsu, um, which also works with the nervous system. And uh, late September, I went to see the psychiatrist because I was on sick leave. Um, luckily, in Switzerland, I was paid during my sick leave. Oh, thank God. Oh, wow. That's no, it's the case in the US, but having that because i don't know how i could have made it without that financial support Mm -hmm. uh i don't know how people can do it without family without friends without support and without a salary that's like impossible so i feel very grateful i know it's not the case in every country in the world but i feel so grateful that i had my salary a hundred percent so I, you know, started all these alternative medicine therapies and late September, I went to see that psychiatrist that was okay. referred to me by my family doctor. Okay. And I had told her that I didn't want any kind of uh, drug I wanted to hear. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I had not been able to uh, hear my body because obviously I could hear my body, but I couldn't understand it. I mm-hmm. could, couldn't understand okay. my body. I was like, you know, now I really want to take the time to understand my body and know what it wants. And so she was like, sure, no problem. And so I went to that guy and I was like, okay, I told him my story, uh, the work situation and, um, and my plan. I had a plan figured out that I wanted to share with him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was an active uh, participant in my own healing, which I think is really important because right. like, this That's is me, great. this is my health, this is my body. Right. Um, and so he let me speak and I told him about my story and all the things. And then he literally, um, I, to me, it felt like he literally, like he verbally assaulted me. What? He, he, he was talking in a very mean way, questioning, uh, my situation at work saying that this was me telling him that, but I didn't know if it was the truth. Uh-huh. Uh, I felt like I felt like I was on like um, in a court, uh-huh. and I was um, how do you call that counter 
Um, he was interrogating you. you. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. No. I felt like that. And I told him that I didn't want any antidepressant. And he wanted me to take antidepressant. It was, was kind of like the rule. If you want to keep on healing, be on sick leave, you have to take antidepressant. And he was uh, he was forcing you to get on the. He was forcing me. And he said that I would have to go back to work a fifty percent shift, even though we had never talked about my. We had never worked on my um, on my work situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was the first time that I was seeing him, and we had never worked about. We had we had never worked around that at all. And so I was so shocked. Well, this is the first evaluation, and he was basically just telling you what you needed to do without hearing everything as a whole. Yeah, and basically. not and not believing what I was telling him. Right. Wow. Even though at some mm-hmm. point he said that if you know if I went through all the things that uh, I said I went through, I would need decades of therapy. And I thought to myself, there's no freaking way that I'm going to be in therapy for decades like there is no way like I I, I want to heal and Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to go to his office for you know like for several or more years so I left um I was so shocked I was so shocked because I went to that appointment and I thought okay now you know we're going to work on this and you know i'm going to heal right. and feel better and You're all of this but i was like okay yeah yeah there was like, what the heck yeah, <laughs> yeah trying to get the yeah. help that you need and want and he oh no. yeah that was i was so shocked and but there's but something good came out of it mm. i went out of his office and um and i had not been able to cry for myself for about 30 years i was it was in 2021 i was um i was about 35 yeah 35 36 ish and went out of his office and oh my god i burst into tears and i cried for uh i cried the whole day and the day after Wow. wow and it felt so liberating um and at the same time i had to think okay now what am i going to do because not like the, my problem hasn't been resolved right so i reached out to um the acupuncturist i was going to and mm-hmm. i told her look this went really bad i need your mm-hmm. help do you know any other psychiatrist she was right. like and she gave me a contact. Back here. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no there was no way there was no way i was going back right. home. No. and so and there was no way that i was going to take those antidepressants right no yeah so mm-hmm. i reached out to her and she had a contact someone that she didn't know but her one of the clients knew and she told me she had, you know, heard good things about her. And I went to um, that office. Then I went to that office and she was working with different kind of psychotherapists. And I saw one of her psychotherapists. And um, then I was back on sick leave full time and um, and two months. And so I, I saw that like the psychotherapist that I started seeing after that uh, very bad encounter, like appointment, um, two months after our first um, appointment, which was in late September, I was healed from burnout. Wow. And I was Amazing. healed from also a lot of um, symptoms of complex post-traumatic um, wow. 
stress disorder because I worked on different things. I worked with my nervous system uh, because talk, I mean, talk therapy is good, but it's not going to help you heal. Right. That's, people yeah. need to understand. That's why you have people mm -hmm. who, um, who do therapy, uh, like talk therapy for decades and they're still feel not like the full they, circle. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So luckily I had talk therapy for support. I had, um, and I, I did other kind of, you know, I did shiatsu, acupuncture. I mm -hmm. also started to do, um, for, to heal my nervous system, to support my nervous system in, uh, in its healing. I also did stuff at home, um, you know, working with my nervous system, also working with my childhood trauma. So I was very, you know, I wasn't waiting for someone to tell me what I had to do. I she put followed in my, yeah, yeah. put in your own work. That's amazing. Yeah, I followed my own intuition and picked what I wanted to do and who I wanted to work with. And two months later, I was done with burnout. I was done with most of my uh, CPTSD symptoms. Mm -hmm. What I, I'm still working on uh, is my nervous system, which is actually mm -hmm. way better than it used to. But you have to understand about 35 years of having a dysregulated nervous system, uh, it's going to take more it's than one or two years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, 35 uh, years of that consistency yeah. 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 longer to get healed. But uh, yeah, I'm doing so much better. And now I understand myself and I understand my body. And before, you know, amazing. and I think what is actually the most um the things that makes you anxious the most is when you don't know what's going on and when you don't understand why you have nope. your symptoms yeah i think it's the case for a lot of people but when you understand why you feel anxious when you understand why your body reacts this way you feel reassured and especially if you have the tool to help you go through these moments yeah I love that. And I applaud you for not just always giving in, you know, getting um, recommendations to certain therapists and knowing that, no, I don't want to take medication and just, you know, having your own voice and doing your own research to, you know, find what what's really the root cause of, of everything that you're going through, especially mm -hmm. when you had so much going on with your dogs and then your job and just, cause me just listening to your story, I'm like, how does she do it with no support? Like mm -hmm. how, yeah. how are you? It was hard. Honestly, you know? it was hard. It was so hard, but, um, you know, I wanted to f like, I feel that I had enough love for myself to hmm. want to feel better and go. I had my puppies who were so sick and they were relying on me they didn't have anyone else mm -hmm. so you know I was fighting for myself but I was also fighting for them mm -hmm. and um and I guess that and I know not it's not for everyone I know not everyone is able to uh, go through these challenges and um come out on the other side um but I guess it's also my own belief. Ever since I was a yeah. child, I always believed that I deserved the best. And yeah. not in a narcissistic yeah. way. Uh, but I always believed that I deserved the best. And um, and I always wanted this happy life for myself. Mm. So I think that my own beliefs, you know, on a subconscious level, yeah. helped help me um go through these very challenging times because 
I knew my why. Yeah. Yeah. And I you think, know? and I think that even, you know, with all the trauma we go through as kids, I think that's what we start to embed that in ourselves. Like I deserve the best. I want the best for me. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. As you For some. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For some, and for some, it's the total opposite. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. Uh, I always believed, you know, it's funny because when I think of myself as a child, I always believed in love and I didn't understand why the word was, how it was. Um, mm. That never really made sense, but I always believed in love. And um, I think that's something that I was always able to keep. It's not mm -hmm. about loving everyone and, you know, just uh, letting yourself be abused or whatever. It's yeah. just about this kind of like love that you can have within yourself, which yeah. is more about, um, I guess, life itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and believing that it doesn't matter where you come from and don't get me wrong. It's so much harder for some people. Like I'm not going to say, you know, some people have more support. Some people have are in better financial situations. Um, let's not pretend that we are born equal Doesn't because happen. this is not yeah. true. This yeah. is not true. That's so some true. People, yeah. Some and I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not blaming anyone, but uh, it's a fact uh, that some people have more privilege than others, and this is how it is. But yeah. yes, it's harder for the people who have no support, have no family, have no no one who to back them financially. It takes yeah. so much strength and so much determination. Yeah. And I think I always had that within me. I, I believe that. I totally believe that because the way of your thinking from a per positive perspective, change the way of you finding the reasoning of why everything you went through. Because if it would have been negative, you know how sometimes we are our worst critics on things. But yeah, if, your mind, if your mind was in in a loop of thinking negative and thinking of all the negative things that you've been through, it may have took you longer to figure out what the root cause was. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I applaud you for that, for always believing in yourself and always yeah. knowing that there is some good in this, even though I'm going through everything, because that was the reasoning on how you were able to get to the root cause of it for easier, not yeah. easier, but um, not so deep into your life as an older age, because you took the time to actually figure it out authentically versus beating yourself up. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and I think that... It's also because I believe that, and I think it's a belief that I've always had, um, that, you know, as human beings, we are born to experience life in a free way and we are born to be, you know, healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had all the symptoms that I didn't understand. And to me, that didn't make sense. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not me. This is how, this is not how my life should be. I wasn't yeah. going to accept that it was going to be my life, that my life would be a life of, um, you know, health issues, right. whether they are physical or uh, emotional. Mm. And I, you know, and you, ha I have some people, you know, who's like, you know, this is life and, you know, and you get old and all the things. Yeah. And, and, and this is, not how I, this is not my belief, you know, like I'm 30, I'm going to be 38 years old this year. 
And uh, like, I don't have any wrinkles on my face. I was on a date just two months ago and the guy was like, I can't you believe look you, good. Yeah, you look great. <laughs> you don't have a single wrinkle on your face. And, um, and again, like it's a belief. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. it's also my DNA. I don't know because I'm I'm very uh, I'm very much mixed race. Uh, but I like I've never believed in aging. To me, aging is so odd. Like, yeah, it's an odd mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> maybe I'm neurodivergent. I don't know. But <laughs> but um, yeah, like aging, all in the way you think too. Yep, it is. Yeah, it's all in the way you think. Exactly. Yeah. Your body and everything. It's all mm-hmm. in the way you think. Exactly. And you're aging gracefully, as you can you see. Know, you're yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I went through. You know, I went through chronic stress, and they usually say when you have stress, you know, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think it's a belief also, you know, like I eat uh, homemade meals. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke, but it's not because I want to preserve myself. It's more that I'm just not attracted to, the, to those things. And that um, is okay. That's, that's taking something. care of your body. You're taking care you're of your Yeah. Care. I, I mean, for me personally, my body <laughs> is my temple. temple. I want to mm, nurture yes. it. I want to nourish it. I mean, this body... Uh, has been with me ever since the moment I was born and will be with me until the day I die. It is Mm -hmm. my vessel in this physical reality. And I should take care of it because, I mean, that's, you know, I I feel very blessed to have a body uh, and and it's my job to take care of it. Yes. Because that's what, and because that's the reason why I get to experience life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how is life now once you were able to, you know, find the transition, find the root cause so, of everything? Yeah. How is everything going now? Honestly, having done that for myself and having been uh, the main um, decision maker in my healing made me feel so empowered because I made decision and I saw that it was working And I had been, you know, kind of like running in circle in the corporate world. And I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do. I always knew that I wanted to work in self-development and, you know, something in that field. I didn't know that it would be coaching. Um, I actually started first by being some sort of, you know, like, I guess, um, guide. I was more... utilize oh my god i was more using my intuitive gifts than my coaching skills but i realized that people were more into uh you know me kind of like telling them what i was intuitively feeling and seeing for them Uh and actually wanting to do the work so that's when i switch more uh into um into coaching now i integrate both together but yeah i think that was always my calling and my work, you know, which is really about alignment, about being yeah. who you truly are. Yeah. Um, it helps me help people feel empowered and be also more sovereign mm. in their own mm. dec- in the decisions that they make, whether it's in uh, their um, work life or love life or even you know, I think, you know, for the past three years, yes, now three years, there has been, you know, there, there has been so many things and so many decisions that we had to take for different reasons. And I yeah. think it's important that you get to do whatever your choice is. It has to be yours. Right. Yeah. 
-hmm. And alignment is um, is key for that. Mm. I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. I think that is amazing how you're using what you've been through to help others to overcome and find their purpose to overcome the trauma and being able to give them that purpose-driven life. Um, and with doing that, like you said, it's it's so, and just even when you said it's empowering, just like even think about it, just it's really so empowering and powerful because, you know, sometimes these same people don't know where to go because they don't have anyone to understand them. Especially doctors. And, exactly. <laughs> you know? And then now that, now that you're doing this, they're able to come to like, oh my God, I can, they'll have that weight lifted off, off of them right. because they found someone that's really understanding relatable. to them. Relatable. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, you, you went to someone, you went to, to, to the therapist and he was just trying to, <laughs> yeah, he was just trying to force you with medication. And technically it's yeah. not always about the, it's not always about pushing medication on someone when someone, if you can heal just without the medication, someone else can do it as well. Right. Of course. And I think, you know, I, um, I interviewed a woman uh, a couple of weeks ago and she actually, as a preteen, she had cancer so bad that the doctors told her that she would die within a few months. And she didn't wow. accept that. She didn't really? accept that. And she, you know, her parents only had her. She was, a, she was, she had no siblings and she was like, okay, look, um, they cannot help me, but we're going to find ways so I can heal. Right. And mm -hmm. so she did different kind of alternative uh, therapies and and she healed and she has never had constant cancer. Now she's in her mid 30s and cancer has never come back. And she didn't and listen to them. She that's, didn't that's listen amazing. To you them. see? Listen and to I, them. Yeah. Yep. And I think because some people get those negative mm -hmm. thoughts, those negative perspectives from the doctors and they run with it. Mm hmm. Yeah. She yep. did this little opposite because like empowering. a doctor can only make a, pr a prediction. He yep. doesn't mm -hmm. know when or what. And right. I, and I feel that sometimes if you tell someone, okay, look, you're going to die within four months. That's a thought that goes into the brain. Yeah, right. it does. Mm -hmm. And when you start believing something, believing that. I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is the case for everyone, but when you start believing something, you can be sure that it's going to be harder, harder mm -hmm. to feel. Yeah. But luckily for her, she was very determined. I think she was 12 at the time. She was determined to heal and she was wow. determined. She was a child. She's yeah, a she child. was a child. Wow. And wow. luckily she listened to her own gut and her mm -hmm. parents, you know, mm -hmm. followed her and supported her on her journey and she was able to heal from cancer. Wow. So, amazing. I mean, healing is possible. You just have to find the right people. You just have to find the right tools. But we as human beings, as conscious beings, you know, like we have a soul in this body. Uh, it's that is extremely powerful. Yeah, we mm. are able to heal ourselves. That's and true. Um, when you believe that mm. you find your way. I love that. I love so that. Do I. So let's get into how did you come about with the um, website Embody Your Flow. I love. Oh my it. God! I love so <laughs> that was actually about. That was actually. I think it was about a year ago. I was what late March, early uh, April. I was having in a comp uh, like in a. Uh, I was having an acupuncture treatment, mm -hmm. and um, 
I was lying on the um, on this big um, chair, and intuitively I heard "embody your flow," and I was like, "Oh my!" And I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but I was like, "Oh my god, this is a new name!" Like I have to do rebranding. <laughs> I have to do rebranding. That this is going to be the new name. Wow. Uh, and then when I started working on that, I was like, embody your flow. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, mm. um, you know, that's kind of like this mix of being in the physical body as a soul. And uh, embody your flow is really about, you know, letting your true self, which is your soul, embody mm. uh, in, you know, be embodied, actually. Yes. Because we all have, um, you know, so much programming from our education, uh, from um, society and everything around that we actually lose ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. lose ourselves. And embody your flow, it's about, it, it's really about reconnecting with your true self and lead a life that is aligned with who you truly are and what you truly desire. Mm. Wow. Mm. I love That's that. So I love it. Because when I seen it, I was like, ooh, that's real catchy. catchy. So I I love that. And it it came upon your thoughts in the weirdest moment. You said you're at an appointment. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, honestly, if if I can share something about being, you know, uh, about inspiration, you will get those gleams of you know inspiration intuition whatever Mm -hmm. you want when you actually create space i was having an acupuncture treatment i was lying on that big chair you know alone and feeling calm and relaxed and all of the sudden i heard embody your flow and i was like oh my mm, god this is it it. i need to rebrand and this is going to be my new name for my business there we go and it's it's amazing how you're so in tune with your thoughts because yeah yeah sometimes people are just doing so much and we're going from here to here to here they can't hear yeah so (laughs) i just i just want to note that i was always very intuitive as a child i i saw i i i was around five years old when i realized that i had intuitive gifts so I was always very intuitive, but very intuitive when you have blocks in your subconscious mind, that's going to help you, but you're still like the blocks in your subconscious mind, I, I are still going to keep you from reaching that goal uh, in the time frame that you want. Yes. Mm. In my healing journey, I learned that being, being intuitive is great, but if, if you have blocks in your subconscious mind, that's going to you're going to have those weird glasses and you're not going to be able to see all the possibilities that are um, in front of you. It's cloudy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So many distractions. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You are so blessed. You are so blessed. I don't know if you're aware of it, but you are so blessed and I just love that, you know, you didn't let anything stop you. Your your story is so powerful. Um, no matter what you've been through in life, no matter everything that you've been through, rather it's work, relationships, family, you stayed true to who you were. Mm. And and that's yeah. such a blessing. You know, it's hard too. And I love that it about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so I can laugh about yeah. it with you, but I can tell you that you know 
there were, you know, very hard moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think that when you create that relationship with yourself, when you have self-compassion, uh, self-love, it get you are you become more resilient. And this is something yes. that I realized after healing yeah. from burnout that I was more resilient because I was more connected to myself. I really had created a deep relationship with myself and I I was more in tune with myself. Mm. Therefore, I was more in tune, you know, like on heart, mind, body, and soul. And now when a challenge comes up, you know, obviously sometimes it's going to feel stressed. So I'm gonna do, you know, nervous system regulation practices, but also I trust that I'm going to find a way because before I would feel like my whole world was crashing down. Wow. Now Mm. I know that I'm going to find a way. It may not come right away, but (laughs) something's going to come up because Mm -hmm. I follow my intuition. I take actions and, and I just know Mm. that I will find a way. I love that how you did it without support and support we me only, not so much but yes, yes. <laughs> i mean we, we need we need i mean as humans we need people to be there and to lean on but i, I love the strength and knowing that you know i don't have my family or anyone there for me but i'm going to do this for myself because this is what i need for myself because i love myself enough to do it for myself yeah. and that is a uh, that is powerful because, you know, sometimes we go, oh, I need somebody, I need someone, and you didn't need anyone. And I did that, actually, you know, for a long time because I, I think I was very young when I realized that if I didn't love myself, no one would. I was mm-hmm. obviously not getting any kind of love from my parents. I was not getting any kind of emotional support from them either. So um, I kind of – I had to learn how to, I guess – rely on myself yeah but that um when i started to have long-term relationships i i was also having a lot of panic attacks i didn't like to be alone so for a long time i had a hard time being alone Mm -hmm. because uh my anxiety would show up and um and now i've been single for four years actually i've been single for four years and uh and i'm actually i like life i mean i am able to handle life on my own i wouldn't say that i like it i mean i love having my moments when i can take care of myself and do all the things yeah. that i love mm-hmm. would i like to have a companion like a partner of course but it's not like i need that now i right. want yes. it but mm-hmm. i don't need it yeah. which is different mm-hmm. yeah i love that and do you still have your babies of course. <laughs> I, I have three dogs, actually. Oh, now you got, uh, three. When I got my puppies. When I got my puppies, I already had um, a 11 years old dog. Okay. So Aww. now it's going okay. to be 13 this year and the puppies will be two uh, in May. Aww. So, um, yeah, I have three dogs and I feel Aww. so happy them. Those three little boys, they You're are a fur adorable. mama. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a fur grandma, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> when I walk my dogs, people are always surprised. They always ask, you know, are they all yours? Yes, <laughs> yes they are. <laughs> are they big? Are they big dogs? No, they are Shih Tzus. 
Oh, okay. They're so adorable. Yeah, they are adorable. Yes, they are so like they they are, you know, the lights of my life. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Monica. I really enjoyed your testimony. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. No, it was a pleasure to have you. (laughs) Yes, definitely was a pleasure. Um, One question we do ask all of our uh, speakers, and that is, what makes you uncommon? You know, I think we are all very unique beings. Uh, We all have our own gifts, our own skills. I would say, I guess I'm super resilient, very intuitive, and I believe that um, it's a really it's a deep belief that I have that the world that we live in is not supposed to be that way, that we are born to be free and to live happily and healthy. Yeah, I do believe that. Wow. That's, yeah. I love that. So Thank I, you. That is Thank a- you. Thank you, viewers, for tuning in. Be sure to uh, connect with us on Instagram on Mondays, where Tyra does Motivational Mondays. And you can check us out on Instagram at Uncommon Women Podcast. Also, if you have a business and you would like us to promote it, we are in the process of promoting business and get your word out there. Uh, Please go to our email to get more information at uncommonwomenpodcast at gmail.com, as well as if you want to be a speaker or you know someone that's interested in being a speaker on the podcast. And also, next Thursday, we have another guest speaker that's coming on. We'll be going live at 7 p.m. So remember, stay uncommon. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've been shacking up with us for a while and haven't subscribed to our channel, what are you waiting for? Please like and subscribe to Uncommon Woman so you won't miss another episode. And remember, don't let anything or anyone affect your peace. Good vibes and stay uncommon.